Welcome to Shi'ar Jeshub, coming from Shi'ar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut. I'm Patty Scalzo, and today we will be continuing the Heavenly Authority series, a through the Bible study taught by my husband, Pastor Greg Scalzo. We are in the book of 1 Samuel, chapter 15, in the section where King Saul spares Agag, king of the Amorites. When we left off, Pastor had read the famous prophecy of Samuel in verse 22. Has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed than the fat of rams. Here now, let's rejoin Pastor Greg. Samuel says here, early on at the beginning of chapter 15, verse 1, heed, he says to Saul, heed the voice of the words of the Lord. Heed the voice of the words of the Lord. What does God want? When God tells us in his word, when God tells us through his spirit, what he wants, we have to heed. We should always double check. We should always be mature-minded. But once we know what God wants, does Jesus want people born again? Yes, it's in the Scriptures. And if you don't believe the Scriptures, why do all that religious duty? Except that it makes you feel good, as it made Saul feel good, that out of the plunder that they should never have taken, they were going to offer a few sacrifices to the Lord. Maybe. When Samuel comes there, they got to because they're called on it. But it looks good, sounds good, feels good. To obey God is better than sacrifice. All the going to church, all the novenas, all the prayer wheels, all the religious duties, if we don't listen to God, we can have a plan even to read the Bible. But if we don't do what it tells us to do, if we don't heed the voice of God, what benefit is it? God is not looking for little robots that use the things of religion to justify evil actions. He's looking for humble people that truly want him. And they want hearts changed, and they want to be obedient. And one of the things about our human nature, it is so hard to be obedient. Many times Christians will avoid reading the Bible. Born-again Christians will avoid reading the Bible because they know if they read it too much, they're going to have to change certain areas. And they like believing in the Lord. They like feeling his presence. They enjoy the things of the Lord. And if they could just say, yes, I believe the Bible, and they do, they believe it's the word of God, but they don't read it too much, they won't have to deal with an area that they don't want to deal with because it will mean obedience. So it's better to praise and it's better to tell people, believe in Jesus and still not do the things that Jesus says. Jesus says if we hear his words and don't act on them, we're as a man who builds our house on the sand. He says, if you love me, you will what? You will obey my commands. And I will give you the Holy Spirit, he tells in the Gospel of John. He's looking for an obedient people. And our human natures, if we don't want to give in on something, we will find any way to be like Saul and excuse our actions. 
and many times even use religion to do it. Even use our Christianity to do it. Amalek is such a type of the human flesh. And Saul is not totally defeating Amalek because Amalek is in Saul. Saul is so much like Agag, and he can't let go. And he's growing distant from God. And many times when we can be saved, we can believe in the Lord, we can believe the Bible is his word, but if we don't lift every area up in obedience, God is no longer the Lord my God, he becomes the Lord your God. There's a distance that comes in. The trappings of leadership and the trappings of religion, the sacrifices we make, Samuel says, has the Lord as great delight? You're supposed to do those things, but not with this bounty, not with this plunder you weren't supposed to take. As he has great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices, as in obeying the voice of the Lord. The purpose of the sacrifices was to preach repentance. And the purpose of repentance is to humble ourselves and say, Lord God, not my will, but your will be done. Change me. So all the religion we do, if we're not desiring to be obedient, is of no value. That's not what gives God great delight, a show of religion. What gives God delight is obeying his voice, obeying the voice of the Lord. Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed than the fat of rams. You know, there are those that will steal, legally or illegally. They'll put people in terrible situations because of their greed, and then write a big check to a church and feel, look what I've done. They may even have their name up in a plaque to show they've dedicated some room or done some great service for the church. Does God delight in that? Rather, he would want them to heed his voice. You can't tithe on iniquity. You can't give offerings all for unlawfulness. This is an unlawful act. So an offering from it is not going to please the Lord. But many times even a born-again Christian will use so much of our energies or our finances for the things of God and excuse the things we don't do by saying, yeah, but I'm doing that. I'm giving that time. I'm doing that service. So certainly that should cover over just this one area here that I just don't want to heed. To obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed than the fat of rams. It's so difficult to heed and to obey. You say, well, but Saul did conquer most of the Amalekites. He, he did most of the job. Isn't that good enough? Everyone's imperfect. Everyone's frail. He's being a little stubborn. Can't God give him some slack? For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness as iniquity and idolatry. Now, we're not like those idolaters. We're not like the pagans who know not God. And we're not like those people that are that are covered with iniquity and all those vile sins. But Samuel says under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, 
and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Did you ever equate, has anyone ever said that to be stubborn is as bad as being immoral, heathenistic? Stubbornness to God blocks out his voice, blocks out his presence. And you know what happens? What seems like it's not too big a deal, that area that we won't let him work in, when we're stubborn in that area, it starts on a road that can lead to idolatry and witchcraft. Where is Saul going to wind up? With the witch of Endor, right? Because when we push God out, he's the one that can keep us righteous. He's the one that keeps us just. He's the one that gives us the ability to hear his word, to yield to his word. If we say no, with the free will he gives us, we say no. Don't change me. Leave that area alone. And the devil will use that area to bring about gross sin, even if we're not in gross sin right now. And God, as we push him away, can have no part with us. And that stubbornness can actually become real witchcraft. So God knows the beginning from the end. We don't have to be immoral. We don't have to be uh, idolatrous. We don't have to be involved in witchcraft for him to know that that which starts the whole thing. Adam didn't do the things that they did in Noah's time. You know, Cain doesn't have to murder Abel for him to know that when they eat of that tree of the knowledge of good and evil, that stubbornness, that rebellion in a simple act will bring in the murder, will bring in the polygamy, will bring in the violence, the corruption of all flesh until he has to take the world and wash it away with a flood. No, Adam didn't do the things that they did in Noah's time. There wasn't even the opportunity for it. But the attitude, the motivation, that stubborn rebellion will lead to all the rest. How many people they see, those in the world that are in terrible situations, generations upon generations of sin have brought them into a horrible place, taking man made in the image of God and bringing us into primitive situations, barbaric, terrible conditions, people doing things that are unspeakable, and say, well, we're not like them. And not understand that the very stubbornness that we exhibit toward God and our families now, the things that we don't want to hear God's voice in right now, give it a few generations, we could become just like them. It's not a matter of our sacrifices or what we look like we're doing. It's obeying and heeding the voice of God and getting that rebellion out because, you know, Adam, one sin of rebellion can lead to murder and gross sin and violence until the world has to be washed away with a flood. Saul is not committing witchcraft, but Saul will commit witchcraft. Stubbornness is a sin. That's why Jesus, when he saw their unfaithfulness and stubbornness, he said, you perverse generation. He called it perversion. Stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. 
And because you have rejected the word of the Lord. The word of the Lord. You know, every one of us needs a double check. In society, we have double checks in some degree. If you're married, your spouse many times a double check. We tend to go one way and our spouses pull us back in to go a different way and vice versa. A child is corralled by a good parent to not go too far this way or that way. There are laws that govern society. If you do something really bad, you can wind up in jail. If you act a certain way, you can lose your job. So there are confines that just happen by interaction. But the main thing that teaches us what's right, not just out of fear, but out of a love for what's right, is the Word of God. God's Word is holy and pure. And if we don't have the Word of God as a foundation, as an anchor, as a compass, we're not really checked. We can go off on any tangent, anything of our emotions, our minds, our stubbornness. We can justify as Saul is justifying here. It's so important to be founded on the Word, and there's a woe to those who reject the Word of God. He says, because you have rejected the Word of the Lord, He also has rejected you for being king. As always, we would greatly enjoy hearing from you. Our address is Shi'ar Jashub, P.O. Box 518, Branford, Connecticut, 06405. Though our P.O. Box is in Branford, our Sunday service is at the Memorial Hall on Meeting House Lane in Madison, Connecticut. 